0: Welcome to the Manifestation Bay podcast. My name is Catherine Zinkina, and I'm a manifestation expert, master mindset coach, and multiple seven-figure entrepreneur. I'm obsessed with helping you achieve everything that you once thought was impossible. If you're looking to massively up-level your life, your finances, your relationships, your productivity and success, then you have come to the right place. My goal in this podcast is to help you see the infinite potential within yourself to be, do, and have anything that your heart desires. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of mindset development to help you maximize who you are and where you're going. Leave it to me to provide you with the tools, the resources, the strategies, and teachings that you need to manifest a reality wilder than your wildest dreams. I know we're about to have so much fun together, so thank you so much for pushing play today. And now let's begin. If you've been wanting to master the art of manifesting money and cultivate a lighter, more enjoyable, more feminine, and dare I say, pleasurable approach to creating more money in your life, look no further because Sovereign Money is about to relaunch in just a couple of days. In fact, it opens up on Monday, May 20th, which is literally just around the corner. And this launch, I am doing something that I've never done before for everyone who gets on the wait list. I am giving you $100 off of your enrollment into Sovereign Money, and I'm opening the doors one day early with that $100 off special. This is only available to those who get on the waitlist before Sunday the 19th, and it will expire once we launch to the public on May 20th. Don't wait. You can get on the wait list right now by going to manifestationbabe.com slash SM. That's S as in sovereign, M as in money. Again, that's manifestationbabe.com slash SM for that $100 off of your enrollment into Sovereign Money. Hello, my beautiful souls, and welcome back to the Manifestation Babe podcast. Today, I have an exciting guest, a very exciting guest, who just so happens to be the founder of a nine figure company. You may have seen her products in your local bathroom, maybe your own bathroom. Poopery. Yes, I'm talking to Pooparie's founder Susie Batiz, a beautiful awakened soul who loves to empower others to follow their intuition, get into resonance, release their trauma, and live a turned-on life. If you guys are not familiar with Susie, she is not only the founder of Pooparie, but also now owns a non-toxic household cleaning company, and she recently started to offer digital courses where she shares her wisdom on quantum physics and energy- and Manifestation. Ooh, all the good stuff that we are into here at Manifestation Bay. So I initially specifically wanted to interview Susie to ask her all about what it was like to not to have a business plan, like Manifestation Babe, does not have a business plan. She also does not have a business plan for her now nine-figure, half a billion-dollar company. Oh my goodness. And to use her intuition to receive genius ideas, hire the right people, be in the right place at the right time, grow her company into what it is today. But she, of course, over-delivered and we went into far more topics that I won't spoil here. So you're just going to have to listen to this episode to hear them. Mom. So without further ado, let's dive into this episode with Susie. Yay. All right. Well, welcome to the podcast, Susie. How are you doing today? Wonderful. So good. Excited to be here. Yay! Well, thank you so much for coming on here. I just wanted to let you that know that you're a huge, huge inspiration for me. Someone who has been really diving into my intuition and using it to build my business and really letting my intuition become my business plan. And you have created so much success. I know that a lot of you, a lot of people, know your product, uh, Poopery. Um, it's become a household product in everyone's bathrooms, and you've created so much. Success with that, and you've gone on to creating other businesses as well. Like, I know you have a non toxic household company, um, and you have created some courses teaching some of the principles that you have learned along the way to other um, women and men who are interested in learning from you. The thing that stood out to me the most uh, when I initially found you on YouTube around this time last year is how you relentlessly followed your intuition through your entire journey. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about like those early days of business and what led up to you creating your company and how did... Your intuition guides you through the process, especially through those initial very tough rock bottom moments in your life?
1: Yeah, well, um, first of all, you know, my second bankruptcy was when I was 38 years old and I lost everything. I put those in quotation marks because what I thought was everything, you know, the house, the car, all those things, and went into a very deep depression. And it wasn't until um, I started really doing my own personal healing. I went on a four-year sabbatical of really finding happiness within myself and finding wealth within myself, right? I knew where abundance was, and I knew where it uh, resided, and it was within my own being. It had nothing to do with anything external. I'd spent my whole life trying to get things externally because I thought that they were going to make me happy. So I'm sitting at home crying, uh, listening to Gangaji. And um, I had decided that I was never going to be in business like I was before, at least from that same energetic.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: um, I started a course called Inside Out, How to Create a Life You Desire by Going Within, because I knew where abundance was inside. I had five women in the course. This was 14 years ago. And no one finished the course. And I remember thinking like, oh, I'm not financially successful the way that they think. So I put that course on the back burner. And then of course the idea for Poopery came. And um, I still, whenever the idea came, I spent nine months formulating. I had no idea that it would be a business. I just wanted to see if I could make it work. Mm-hmm. So then I made it work and um, I knew it was so good. It had to be out on the market. You know, it was like, you know, being pregnant and going, I, I want to birth this child. Um, but also what I knew is the way I operated in the past you know, pushing through, clawing, uh, trying to get everything to fulfill me externally, I knew that I wasn't going to operate with those same principles. Because what I say is what's worse than losing everything is losing everything and realize you didn't even like who you were or how you did it in the first place, right? Mm, That's so true. That's a whole nother level of misery. Yeah. Um, So what I made a commitment to myself is I would only do things that turned me on and made me happy. Because if I can lose everything at every moment, at least I want to say I've had a good time during the ride. So that was the beginning of what we call intuition. Um, intuition is a really interesting subject, but um, we, you know, we'll get really into that. But yeah. basically, I was just if it didn't make me happy, I wasn't going to do it, no matter what, no matter if you know it could make us a bunch of money if it were sales. So I was really just operating my company from a place of kind of play, like oh, this sounds fun, let's do that and let's do that. Um, I've never, the company's 13 years old. I've never had a business plan ever because I don't think about business. What I think about is from creative idea to creative idea and only executing those ones. Not only, I've executed ones in the past that, uh, didn't turn me on and, um, Consequently, those didn't work out, you know, usually as well.
0: <laughs> I really love your perspective of how you call it the luxury of losing everything, because I know that so many people in your position going bankrupt for the second time at 38 years old would never see it as a luxury. They would just think that their life is over. And I'm sure you have had those moments where you just thought, this is the end. It's over. Like, there's no point of moving on. Why do you call it the luxury of losing everything? I really love that, that perspective. Yeah, thank
1: you. Um, and I did. I spent many years, I spent a couple of years in really deep depression, really. And I really, I got down on my knees one day and I told God, I'd really abandoned any sort of spirituality, you know, years ago when I was really young, because I was molested and prayed to God every night to, you know, spare my sister. And when I found out she'd been molested too, I was kind of like, F you, God, you know what I'm saying? So then I was just like, I'm going to go on my own. And I had an amazing hypnotherapist that said, you know, your problem is you have no meaning in your life. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, I was very arrogant. I go, (laughs) i didn't mean. No, you don't. He gave me the book, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. And um, that started my healing process. I I became curious, like, huh, you know, what is the meaning that I have? And um, I call it the luxury of losing everything because we rarely get those wipeouts or those clean slates usually unfortunately it takes people those to kind of wake up mm-hmm. you know you'll see a lot of people either there's a health crisis it's a you know something like that but really the luxury came in that i had a clean slate and i was faced with all my shit and i had to face it there was no running from it anymore mm-hmm. so the luxury came in you know really having that 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 put in my face and going wow here's what here's what you've been up to how you like it? How's it working for you? And I was able to go, it's not working at all, <laughs> okay? <laughs> and then that began my healing journey. How so did- and my prayer the whole time during poo has always been show me what this is for because I'm not interested in money or success. That's not what turns me on. Really healing and personal transformation is what turns me on.
0: Yeah. Ironically,
1: Ironically, the more I healed, the more successful I became.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Um, I can um, see how when pursuing success and pursuing money has let you down so many times, at some point you're like, okay, there has to be more to life than just money and success. And a lot of a lot of my students, I constantly teach them like, listen, money is a byproduct of you living in alignment. When you're living in alignment and you are living radically in alignment and you're just unafraid to let go of the shit that isn't serving you and you are unafraid of just pursuing the things that make you happy. And I know you talk about aliveness and being turned on and living a turn on life. That's when even more success and even more money comes your way. And it's so, so powerful. Yeah.
1: And and what I've seen in teaching a lot of people as well is that we operate, and I'll just say I, I was operating on so many uh, programs I didn't even know what turned me on. You know, I used to listen to Abraham X and I used to listen to say, follow your bliss. And it's like, what the fuck is bliss, right? (laughs) It's like, you know, I thought I was doing that. Um, But then whenever I realized that that's not what I was doing at all, what I was doing was actually masking the the real problem within myself was that I had a deep seated unworthiness that was really Mm -hmm. uh, from trauma. Yeah.
0: Yeah. How do you know which ideas to pursue like how did the how did you know that poopery was an idea when it came to you that this is a thing that you needed to pursue because i know that so many entrepreneurs struggle with like getting 10 different ideas or no ideas like they're either silent or their head is really, really busy and buzzing with like 10 different directions that they can go in. And oftentimes I find them super confused on like, okay, what is my intuition actually telling me? Should I be pursuing all 10? Should I choose one? Like how, how do you in your experience, like how do you know which one to pursue, which one to follow?
1: Well, again, we need to back up in that most people don't know because they're so padded with programming and doing things for other people and pleasing everyone else and blah, 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 and covering up trauma, that you don't really have access to that. So as I healed is when I started having access to my body. Mm. Because we, are, we train ourselves and we, are, we program ourselves out of protection to not um, feel. So it's hard to feel something in your body when you can't feel the pain of your past, right? Yeah. So it's all by design. It's all this really interesting system. So to tell people, oh, follow what turns you on, you're going to feel something in your body. They're yeah. like, I haven't felt anything in 20 years, you know? Yeah. So at first they've got to learn how to feel and that's with, you know, getting in and learning how to feel. But then after that, so what happened is once I started getting a lot of those traumas healed, What I realized is that my body was uh, an incredible um, tool and that we all have. As a matter of fact, I I called Dr. Bruce Lipton and I said, I have a theory that ideas are alive. And he said, why do you think that? And he's a cellular biologist. And I said, because the ideas that I go towards that I feel great about work out and the ones that don't don't and I have a belief that those 75% of businesses or whatever the number is now that don't work are ones that were born out of the left brain logical mind and not out of something that is within their being and he said um well you're right everything is alive everything is a living vibration and every living thing is seeking more life force energy so What happened with Kupri is I was at a dinner party and my brother-in-law said, can bathroom odor be trapped? And because I had opened up so much access to my body through somatic therapy and different therapies, um, I felt like a zing at my arm and I felt the lights kind of get brighter. You know, it was like the room got brighter. I was really excited and um, I started to work on it. But it was that moment when I was like, hey, hold on, I feel something here. You know, and that's what I started moving towards. And it, again, I did not have a uh, conscious, rational thought like, oh, I'm going to invent this product and it's going to be a you know, $500 million company. I didn't do that at all. What I did was say, wow, this feels really good. I'm going to go down this trail. Um, and that's what happened is I literally felt it in my physical body.
0: Yeah, I can totally relate to that. When I started my company, Manifestation Babe, um, I was actually in my parents' bedroom um, trying to build this other business. Um, I was in in an MLM around fitness and I was selling this other company's products. And one day I just got this download like literally out of nowhere, this voice came in and just said, Hey, Catherine, you're going to start your own brand. And this brand is going to be around, you know, teaching women how to manifest their best lives. And it's going to be a lot on, on inner work and personal development. And this is what it's going to look like. And I just piece by piece, I felt exactly how you described the room got brighter. I got super focused. I like didn't eat didn't breathe didn't drink didn't use a restroom for like a week until I figured out how do I build a website what am I selling how do I build a course how do I do this how do I do that and I just went like crazy at it because I felt that zing I felt that that aliveness that you described so I love that for anyone who you you keep mentioning you know um, traumas people who have some traumas that are keeping them from feeling what are some of the things that you have um Gone through some healing modalities that have been very powerful for you that you recommend for anybody who is having trouble connecting to feeling their body, connecting to that pain that they need to release, and of course, feeling those ideas, especially for female entrepreneurs in their body. Yeah, thank you.
1: Um, and I came about these things very organically. You know, I started at a yoga teacher. And my ex-husband at the time had some lower back problems. And she said, um, oh, are you thinking about changing your career? And I'm like, what is she talking about? And I realized that she was also a somatic therapist, which is a body-centered therapist. Um, so I started doing somatic therapy very naturally. I didn't know of any other kind of therapy. You know, it wasn't like I was interviewing therapists. I just tried doing that therapy. And by grace... Fast forward, gosh, probably 10 years now, probably eight years ago, I got my brain scanned by Eamon Clinic. And Dr. Daniel Eamon, he has a book called Change Your Brain, Change Your Life or something like that. And um, he saw PTSD like in this triangle in my brain. I'm like, what do you mean you can see that in my brain? And he said, yeah, this is, you know, from childhood trauma. And, and I said, what do you do about it? And he said that somatic therapy, EMDR, and hypnotherapy – were the three forms of therapy they've seen actually make physical changes in the brain. The cognitive behavioral therapy does nothing that they can see in the physical brain. So that's when I also started looking at the brain as an organ. So I was already doing that by mm-hmm. default, um, but it was really affirmative. So now whenever I teach my courses, I tell people do those three types of therapy because we know that
0: they're changing the physical brain. Wow. So it was EMDR, hypnotherapy, and what was the third one?
1: Somatic therapy, S-O-M-E-T-I-C, somatic, which is a body-centered therapy. Wow. Yeah, all of those get you back into your body um, because what happens during trauma is you become all in your mind out of a safety mechanism. You learn to not trust your body, especially yeah. if it's sexual trauma.
0: Yeah. So any
1: kind of sexual trauma or um, if you're in any form of abuse, you learn that it hurts in the body, so you just use your mind. And um unfortunately when you're manifesting the mind is only one source. If if that sort of manifestation worked, then everybody listening to Abraham Hicks would be billionaires living on in Hawaii right now.
0: That is Um, the point
1: (laughs) is is that we have other programs
0: at play. (laughs) Yes. So I love that you mentioned that so many people get stuck in the mind element, like with Abraham Hicks. You know, If you're just focusing on like thoughts create things and you're ignoring the spiritual connection and the body connection, then you only have one third of the potential in order to create whatever it is that you want to create. Is that what you're referring to when you talk about your trinity of transformation? Because I know you're very focused on mind, body, soul. And I love that you brought up all these things that we can do for our body in order to release these traumas so that we can create the life that we want to create.
1: Yeah. And I'll give you an example. I came about this kind of, again, just naturally. Um, I was suing um, a $50 billion company because they had knocked my product off.
0: Oh, and, wow.
1: Um, I was in the lawsuit with them and they sent over one of their guys to, to talk with me. And... Um, And we're sitting across the table from each other. You know, we're doing the table tennis of, well, you know, your turn, you know, you can't win. Well, you can't win, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know what happened, but something just bubbles up out of me. And I lean and I just lean over the table. And we were at a restaurant and I said, hey, we're going to have a very tough conversation. And he said, "Okay." And I said, when I was 12 years old, I was molested. And someone tried to take something that was mine. And you're trying to take something that's mine. And I'm letting you know that I'm not that little girl anymore. Mm -hmm. And then he left the meeting about two minutes later. And what I realized, um, Catherine, after that was like, wow, this is a much deeper thing than just a lawsuit. So I started working with EMDR on healing those childhood wounds, the the little girl that couldn't say, you know, um, no. And then I started working on the spiritual level, like, what's the higher purpose of this lawsuit? So, um, and I'll just say that with, I've used that process through a couple of things Life serves us up the experiences. So when you can't talk about law of attraction without talking about that, you attracted the experience, like you attracted it. So what I do is I go in and go, wow, what in me attracted this, Mm. right? What is here for me to heal so that I can actually move on and not keep having those experiences? Because what you'll see that that experience will keep getting served up to you because it's much more than law of attraction. You know, there's a lot of laws that go on, but basically, so I just intuitively started working through this on a lot of different levels. Okay. Going the, the physical level, 100 attorneys is only the physical, I've got the psychological, the mental, and then I have the spiritual level to be working with this. And recently I had a friend, very high profile friend called me and, um, she was getting sued by one of her people that had, you know, hired this, like hired the biggest name in attorneys in America. And she was terrified. Yeah. And she should be. it's a big deal. And I listened to her for a while. And then I said, I need you to really hear me out. You need to, you need to practice a trinity of transformation. I said, you've already hired your attorney. She's smart. She hired, already hired your attorneys. I said, but you've got to go in and go, what does this experience remind me of? from my past. And she, mm-hmm. I could tell she had gritted teeth. Like, okay, I can mean, you need to look at higher spiritual. Like, what is this here to show me? Yeah, And I didn't hear from her for a few days. And a few days later, she texts me and she's like, oh my God, this literally is not my socks off. I have been dealing with the same experience at multiple versions throughout my life. I said, of course, and you will, because you are attracting the experience and it will keep getting louder and louder and louder until you pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. So... You know, what I teach is your external reality is a reflection of your internal reality. And that's all of it. All of your external reality is a reflection of your internal reality. And the only way to shift your external reality is to shift your internal reality. So Mm -hmm. to learn from these experiences, not to avoid them or fake your way out of, no, I feel great. I feel great. No, you don't. Go through the pain. Go through whatever you got to do and harvest the nuggets out of it so that you can actually transform and then you won't be served up those particular experiences again.
0: Yeah. Do you ever find any like pushback to that, uh, to what you just said? Like you attract all those experiences? Because I feel like a lot of people are so afraid to take radical responsibility for that. And they they just have such a hard time believing that they could attract such an atrocious thing that has happened to him to them in the past like how have you been able cuz you've been through a lot a lot of shit a lot of crap like how have you been able to accept that and has cuz like for me personally it brings so much freedom knowing that if i could attract this then i can attract this other thing that it is that I want. And if I just work through this thing and understand how I attracted that, then I can use the same strategy to attract something marvelous, something incredible for my life. I'm curious, what is your experience in that? Like, Have you received pushback for that? Or how do people react to that statement when you share it? People get very triggered. Because yeah. we
1: like, our, we like our victimhood, you know? Yeah. Um, that is, you know, where I used to like my victimhood. Let's just say that and we'll yeah. put that off on everything else. Um, and we're a society that really are trained that way. There's always some perpetrator out there, you know, and what I know from my own experience is that only in finding my part, now my part could be Because of my programming, because of my inheritance, the way my parents didn't talk about their feelings, the way, you know, who knows why, you know, and that's to be discovered. Mm -hmm. Why would I even have this that I would attract that anyway, you know, for example, the abuse of marriage, you know. What I know a hundred percent is I attract that because I attracted that because I felt completely unworthy. So what he was doing is actually reflecting back to me in a very physical sense, the own unworthiness that I had inside. So was he the bad guy? You know, I don't know, you know. And um, that's where I found my freedom, was going in and going, hold on. I see why I was attracted to that relationship. And I also got a lot of personal power with getting out of it. So everything was there for my own um, evolution. You know, uh, the stuff gets so deep. And this is why, you know, I teach these courses and so in-depth. But basically, we live in a world of duality. We have darkness and light, right? We, that's the way we live within this reality. There is no difference, actually, in the darkness and light. They're actually equal. The darkness is here to show us the light. So whenever you can look at the darkness, as in darkness is actually just neutral. It's just information. Um, But because of past programming, you know, there are certain pains or certain feelings I don't want to feel. But, you know, one of my, um, I'm studying with a Taoist monk right now, and he says, you can't dance in the rain if you can't weather the storm. You know, so it's like we can't feel the love or the joy until we felt all the pain. Yeah, You know, because then you're never going to get it. It doesn't matter how much money you manifest. You're still not going to be happy. You know, you're not going to feel the money. And what I want is for people to actually feel what they manifest and feel it and whether that's showing up. For example, this year in COVID, um, The first quarter, I lost $4 million, bottom line. I was going through the biggest heartache of my life. I had 27 hours of surgery during a pandemic. And I just kept doing my work the whole time. And I don't have any pain, per se. It was such a fruitful time. A seed is actually buried in the darkness. And it's the darkness, it's that darkness that actually, we are are born in a womb of darkness, right? And then we go towards the light. So the darkness is only here as a reflection to show us the light that's available. Hmm, I love that but it depends on how we how we perceive that. You know, yeah. it's like we perceive it as this is dark and this is horrible. It's like, well, is it or is yeah. it just feedback telling me where I'm out of alignment and I need to clear something up so that I don't because I don't particularly want to keep going through this experience again.
0: Yeah, I love that. How can someone who, let's say, they're recognizing right now? This is my favorite part about business, by the way. A lot of the stuff that shows up in business is a reflection of what we need to personally work through. So I love growing everything. Everything. I love growing my business and going through challenges in my business because I know that I can always work through it on a personal level and it will shift somehow. On a business level, it's really powerful for anyone who is coming across old patterns that are popping up over and over and over again from their past. Do you have advice for them on how to shift those patterns? Like you mentioned the conversation that you had with um, the person that you were suing, the $50 billion company, where finally you recognize, wait a second, this keeps showing up. This is a reflection of something I went in my childhood. Now we're going to have a tough conversation. Like, what is your advice on how to face those, those? pattern shifting monumental conversations or events or healing practices? Yeah. So first of all, to recognize a pattern, if anything
1: happens three times or more, it's a pattern, no matter Mm -hmm. which way you flip it, turn it spin it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You you can do whatever. It's the pattern. If if it happens three times or more, um, one time I'd be like, Oh, that's interesting. Two times. That's really interesting. Three times. It's like, okay, we got a pattern here. Yeah. Um, so recognize those things and they're going to come up in different versions. But if you go down to like, Oh, hold on, this feels very familiar. You know, why is this always happening to me? You always hear that. Why is this always happening to me? You know, again, that's the victim and it's like i think hold on why is this happening you know it's it's for example i had um, i've hired 3 or 4 coos And I mean, I'm talking like one of them had spent seven years in prison. They had defrauded the government of $20 million. Somebody forgot to do a background check. Another one opened a manufacturing plant behind my back. Another one staged a coup in the company against me. And I was just like, what, you know, am I just stuck at hiring? And what I realized after three times, I was like, hold on. At some point, I'm the only common denominator here, you know? And on the physical, I was like, we need to be paying way more attention when we're hiring or how we're recruiting. But on the psychological, I went into EMDR. And what I realized is that one of my first memories was cooking for my parents at four years old. So I had a a belief that I can't be supported. So whenever someone's coming into interview, we're all wearing lens, right? We are wearing the lens of all of our past programming. So I was looking at people going, oh, you're going to screw this up. This is going to be really good. Because then I get to come in and save the day. And I'm the one that can only be supportive. So as I dove in and started doing that work, I had interviewed this guy like three times. And he was so boring. I couldn't even sit through the interview with him. His name's Boyd. He's still there right now. He knows I tell the story. He's so great. And he kept saying, Susie, hire me. I know I can fix this company. And I finally hired him. After I'd done all this internal work and Boyd's amazing, we both cry with each other about how much he's taught me support. So that's one way that I, I've done it in business because your business, again, your external world's a reflection of your internal. So whatever's happening inside me is going to be served up in whatever experience I am in life. Business is no different.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of you know the darkness um, that you were talking about earlier and some of the shadow work that goes along with it, are you ever afraid of losing it all again?
1: Yeah, and then when I do, I'm thinking, what is all? You know, what is what is all?
0: <laughs> yeah, you know.
1: In, in my abundance course right now that I have, you know, I have people really write down what they value and what's important to them. It's amazing how much we think of material possessions. Mm-hmm. I was with I was with the Taoist monk a, a week ago in Austin and they sat crying in his arms for a couple hours. And I said, I didn't want any of this that I have. And he said, that's exactly why you have it. You know, because I didn't want material success. I wasn't interested in it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, so I keep coming back to i've had a great time i know where i am within my being so i can never lose it all ever that's not even a possibility could i lose money yeah well that's not everything to me yeah wow and i purposely put myself i purposely go on vacation i just spent two weeks in a 600 square foot cabin you know in the middle of the woods and i do that so i can remember like oh well, hold on i don't need any of that
0: wow that is kind of so powerful. So, so powerful. Can we talk a little bit more about some of the quantum physics that you share? Um, I know in your courses, in some of your talks, you talk a lot about resonance. And I love that you dive into quantum physics. And I heard you talk ab- about like resonance and dissonance, I believe. Can you share a little bit more about how we can use resonance to create our dream business and dream life? Yeah. So uh, that was another thing, Dr. Bruce
1: Lipton. So after he said every living thing is seeking life force energy, he taught me about resonance and dissonance. And he's the one who taught me that. And he said resonance is when you put two energy waves that are traveling at the same wavelength and the same speed. So they're alike. You put those two together and they create a bigger wavelength together than they do apart. So both of those waves are more... Together than they are individually. So it's one plus one equals three, not one plus one equals two.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And dissonance is the opposite. It's when you have two energy waves that are not similar, they're just different speeds, different wavelengths. It doesn't mean one's bad or toxic. You know what I'm saying? They're just not the same. But when those two are together, they actually create less energy together than they do apart. So you actually have less life force energy in a dissonant situation. Than you do before you even started it. So I often tell people like, if you had a bank account, would you keep investing in something that was losing you money? So these dissonant relationships, you know, people that say, I hate my job, I can't stand it, and they're on this negative cycle. Well, you actually have less energy in that job, less life force energy. So we're not talking about just energy. We're talking about life force. The reason people's lives end early, right, is because they've literally had things that have drained their life force energy. But because of outside, because of programming, you know, outside pressures, you know, have to do it, I have to stay married, I have to stay in the job, blah, 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 you know, all these things, they stay in it, which actually they are draining their life force energy in that situation. So what I look for is resonance. I look for with an idea, right? I look for resonance in the group. I look for resonance in the company and I wait until we get
0: something where we actually are more with that idea than we were without it. What are some of the ways that like resonance and dissonance has showed up for you in building your company and building your business? Like what I'm thinking of, for example, like are, were there ever parts in your business that were just draining your life force energy, draining people's life force energy, and but were necessary to keep the business running? Like, how did you how did you overcome that and find and, and really and fine tune it as an orga, organism where you were putting in more stuff that reson, that has resonance versus dissonance? Am I making sense? <laughs>
1: Yeah. Well, mostly by experience and by me teaching my company these concepts, you know, my, Mm. we call it struggle. So whenever we have a flag word in our company that whenever something's not working, Mm -hmm. someone will raise their hand and they'll ask the question or they'll say, I feel like we're in struggle right now. Are, you know, are we struggling? And then we'll stop. Everybody pauses and we're like, hold on. Where did we get into struggle? And it's usually when we went with something against our gut or intuition because we thought we had to do it. So then we back away. And I've, I've abandoned million dollar, multi-million dollar projects because we got into struggle. You know, we, we just got off course. So if we can't get ourselves back onto a course of resonance, we will just say it's got to go. You know, because I know in the long term it will drain the the life force energy of the company. There's no difference in a company and an individual. A corporation is an entity, right? An entity is a living dynamic organism within itself. So it's like if you, you know, if you saw your child getting sick every day, you're going to go try to make him better. So that's the same thing with energy. And we do it with marketing campaigns. We do it with sales campaigns. We do it with vendors. So we realize when we're in struggle. And one example was, um, we, I had someone come to me. We'd been trying to make an automatic unit for years. And everybody was like, oh, you need to make an automatic unit. You know, everybody wanted it. And somebody came to me and they had one. And they were going to go to market with one of our competition. And even though I did, I knew it wasn't the right time to birth it, you know, we, you know, I got afraid I won't put this on everybody else. I'm like, we got to get this automatic unit. We ended up losing about $5 million on that deal. And we knew we were in struggle the whole time. We kept pushing through and pushing through and pushing through and then we ended up shipping them and they all broke. What we know is we lost 5 million hard dollars. What we don't know is the energetic loss that happened in our
0: company. Mm, yeah.
1: So instead of, instead of beating ourselves up, I go, guess what guys, we were in struggle. We knew it. You know, I knew it. I pushed forward and I lost us a lot of money. My mentor Gay Hendrick says sometimes these, um, you know, his biggest learnings have cost him a lot of money. So again, there's um, zero intrinsic value in beating yourself up. And there's everything from harvesting what you learned and whether to move forward. And then we got to decide if we want to make a new union and we haven't made it yet because we haven't felt a yes to it. But Mm -hmm. that's a real life example. Um, And, you know, and I knew, and it's like, I can't, Blame anyone other than the fact that I knew what I was doing. You know, yeah. I was pushing gear and that doesn't
0: work. <laughs> you have to live, and you have to learn, and you got to move on. <laughs> have yeah. there ever have there ever been moments in your uh, journey where you wanted to give up, or you almost gave up? I mean, always. You
1: know, those are little blips. You know, yeah. and then and then I look at. I remember calling my mentor a couple of years ago. My mentor uh, is Gay Hendricks, and. I said, you know, what do I do? Like, I don't want to be at the company anymore. It doesn't turn me on. Mm. And I really had this belief that working as CEO in the company was draining me. And he said, I always feel better when I live up to my responsibilities. And I was like, oh. So the bigger truth, was yeah. wild. it was the way I was operating with them in my company, because the bigger truth is that I did want to be responsible to my company, right? Mm-hmm. So it was that shift in perspective. and then I could get in, and now I've actually resigned as CEO. I found an amazing CEO, and he's been on for a couple months, and the company's doing way better than it did without me, I mean, with me, so it's amazing.
0: That's so um,
1: cool. Yeah, but it's just that shift in perspective, like, what do
0: I really, really want? And what I really wanted was to take care of this
1: thing that I birthed in the world
0: that is really powerful because one of the questions that i was going to ask you is it was is it possible to outgrow your business and how do you know when it's time to move on or it's time to you know suck suck it up and basically come back to your own responsibility and and change the way that you're showing up in your company rather than being like oh okay this just means that this company is no longer in alignment with me. This is not my purpose anymore. And I have to move on. Like, How do we know the difference between those two? Because I feel like a lot of people ask me all the time, like, Catherine, this thing isn't working out and it's not working out over over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. How do I know? At what point do I know that I'm just done learning lessons here and I should move on to something else? Or it's just a sign that I shouldn't give up and I should keep going. And at some point, I will reach a breakthrough. I feel like a lot of people have a hard time deciphering between the two. Do you have any advice for that?
1: Yeah, I think basically, you know, um, if they sit long enough, they'll know the answer to that question. You know, again, we seek external advice when everything is actually inside us, right? So no one, when people call me for advice, I'm like, I'm not going to tell you anything, but I can help guide you for what you know. There's no way I could know what you need to do. Um, And that's something that each individual has to decide for themselves. Now, my particular journey, what I knew is I was being called to do something else. Um, And it was quite a process of my unraveling, right? It's my releasing control. And, you know, so I've done my own work. Actually, it was about four years ago that I didn't want to be CEO of a company when it's taking me this long to let go. You know, I knew that I wanted to, but apparently I didn't want to because I didn't. Right. So I was looking at why am I still hanging on? Why am I still staying in here? What is it? So I've been doing a lot of deep inner work. And then whenever it was time, it's literally like I didn't have to ask that question, you know? So I would say if they're still asking the question, then it's not time yet. And go in and find out why you're still hanging on and find out why you're still there. Because there's something that's keeping you,
0: you know? such a great distinction. Wow. That just blew my yeah. mind. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know what? That was actually, I just realized this. I just did a day of the dead ceremony with ancestors and everything. And um, my mother, I remembered that when I was in an abusive marriage, I would call my mother and I would say, how do I know when it's time to leave? And she, she would tell me, when well, you don't have to ask me that question anymore, because what she knew is when you've had enough, that's enough.
0: Mm. Wow. Right? That is so powerful. Mic drop mm-hmm. right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Susie, what are cause I know you're very into your spiritual practices and that's part of what keeps you connected to your purpose and your mission here in this lifetime and all the incredible things that you've done. What are some of your most impactful and most uh and your favorite and your go-to spiritual practices? Well, I don't know if it's a
1: spiritual practice, but I do transcendental meditation. I've done mm-hmm. it for eighteen years. Wow. Um that's my go-to, that's my place of you know, uh, spaciousness. Um, and I don't practice any particular like religion or anything like that. Um, although I am studying now with the Taoist monk, um, and I'm super interested in Taoism. Um, but I, you know, really spirituality, you know, you can go walk in nature and that's spiritual. Yeah. You know, anything that brings you back to anything. I love anything that brings me back to, realizing that I am more than this flesh and, you know, body. Um, I do, you know, I've talked openly. I do a lot of plant medicines I have for 13 years. Um, Those things help me um, declutter, right? The things that are inside that are holding me back um, that bring me back to realizing the oneness. So whatever can do that is what I would do, you know, and it, it could be petting your cat, you know, I don't know, you know, whatever are those moments where, you know, like when you walk in the woods and it's really hard to be in nature and not realize that you're a part of nature, you know, so talk about abundance, you know, go look at a tree, a tree will teach you everything about abundance,
0: you know, I remember.
1: (laughs) How to shed, how to die, how to be reborn. It teaches you all that.
0: Yeah. I remember being uh, at my lowest point financially and looking out the window and all I noticed were these beautiful trees. I was living in Washington State at the time and all I was looking at these trees and those trees were just a such a symbol to me of abundance and what was possible for me too. And just like leaning mm-hmm. into nature at that moment in that stillness of just seeing how those trees are not worried about nutrients or sunshine. They just keep producing more leaves. They keep taking in more carbon dioxide, letting go of oxygen. And I have a biology degree, so I know more of the scientific elements too, like how plants work. But um, it was just so incredible for me to just notice, like, wait a second those trees are part of nature. I'm part of nature. They're abundant. Yeah. So it's my birthright to be abundant too. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But you got it. And, and just look and learn, you know, nature will
0: show you everything. I love that. Before we wrap up, I have so many of my audience members asking, do you know what your human design is? Uh-huh. I'm a manifester. You're a manifestor. I could have called yeah. it. Yes, I'm currently taking like a six month long certification to learn more about mm-hmm. it, and I was trying to figure it out. And I was like, I have a feeling she's a manifestor. Powerful. Yeah, Susie. Manifest. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Where can people find out more about you, hang out with you on the internet, find out more about your program? I know we have an Instagram account. Is there a website that we can guide people to? Yeah, Um,
1: And I send out, I think I only send out like a monthly newsletter, but I'm really active on Instagram. Like, usually the direct messages, I'm the one that answers those. not on, I mean, I am on Facebook, but I don't answer any of that. Yeah. Um, Same. I, I, I stay
0: off of Facebook. It's just not my thing. Um, but um, I'm usually pretty actively engaged in Instagram. Beautiful. And I highly recommend following her on Instagram. It's at susiebatiz, right? Just your name, if uh, I remember correctly. Yep. Yeah, as she's Y B A T I Z. Yes. Great content there. Beautiful pictures, just so much aliveness going on on there. So I highly recommend you guys follow her, check out her website. And for those of you who are listening to this episode right now, go ahead and take a screenshot of this episode, upload it to your stories and tag both I and Susie at Susie Batiz and at Manifestation Babe. And let us know what your takeaways and breakthrough moments were. We're super curious to hear about that and go ahead and send all your love to Susie um, for sharing her gracious, beautiful energy with us. Susie, thank you so much for being such a light in this universe, such an inspiration Mm -hmm. to all of us, not just female entrepreneurs, but literally anybody who's chasing their dreams and believing in themselves. And really, you know, anyone who's going through shirt right now, just knowing that one day it can totally turn around. It can turn into a success story and it can turn into, what is it? A half a billion dollar company that Poopery is Mm -hmm. now? so incredible. So thank you so much for coming on here. I really appreciate you.
1: Oh, thank you. And thank you for all that you do and what you're sharing in the world. You got it. You
0: understand it. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you. All right. To all of you guys who are listening, I will catch you in the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you heard today, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on iTunes so that I can keep the good stuff coming your way. If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the extra inspiration on Instagram by following at ManifestationBabe or visiting my website at ManifestationBabe.com. I love and adore you so much and can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and manifest some magic.